Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. In 1995, Carolyn Killaby of Vancouver, Washington, got into a heated argument with her husband. She then went to a local bar alone. No one has seen or heard from her since. But some saliva from an envelope and a speck of blood on a wristwatch helped solve the mystery of her disappearance. In 1990, Carolyn and Dan Killaby were married, each for the second time. Dan managed a furniture store. Carolyn was a medical technician employed by the U.S. military. Carolyn and Dan each had a daughter from their previous marriages, and they moved into this home in Vancouver, Washington. My mom was basically the backbone of my whole family. I mean, she was very strong-willed, and she just, like, she held everybody together. She was the problem-solver. She was the supporter. She was the happiness, the joy. She was just, like, everything you could ask for. On Saturday night, November 11, 1995, Carolyn and Dan got into an argument. She'd been in a fight with her husband, because her husband had decided, instead of doing something with her that night that she'd counted on, they were going to go out. He was going to go out with his brother and have some food and drink. And she objected significantly to that. And I don't know whether she stomped out of the house and drove over there or, or how that transpired, but she ended up at Omar's and she was doing some serious drinking there. A waitress said Carolyn was dancing, but was there alone and was obviously intoxicated. The other indication was that she was alone at the table and that her head was down and that she had her head uh, on the table and was basically passed out at the table, not functioning, not talking to anyone. Um, Very, very clear to everyone in the bar that she was highly intoxicated. That night, around 11 o'clock, witnesses said they saw Carolyn leave the bar and she was never seen again. I came home Sunday morning and she was gone. The next day, Dan Killaby called police to report Carolyn missing. Family members, friends, and volunteers searched the surrounding area without success. I knew that she would not leave unless somebody made her. There was no way she would have left us. Carolyn's car was found in the bar's parking lot. The Killaby family hired their own search dogs. The dogs tracked Carolyn's scent from the bar directly back to her home. The police believed this might be evidence that Carolyn returned home from the bar before she disappeared. No one else was home that night. Dan and the two girls spent Saturday night elsewhere. They were concerned about 
whether or not Dan's alibi that he was out drinking with his brother was solid. And I think that they stayed out real late and got real drunk. Um, and so the police were not 100% convinced that that could have been the case. Creating further suspicions was the fact that Carolyn had a $230,000 life insurance policy payable to her husband. I always stood behind Dan. There was no doubt that he had, I could never conceive the idea that he had actually done something like this. Dan Killaby denied any involvement in his wife's disappearance, but police discovered there were problems in the marriage. We found out that it wasn't the uh, perfect marriage by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I think we figured that it, there were some uh, difficulties and some strains in the marriage. Two hours after Carolyn left the bar, the police received two calls from people who said they heard a woman screaming for help in a field about a mile from Omar's lounge. Police searched the area using night vision goggles, but they found nothing. With no solid leads, the Killaby family offered a $10,000 reward for any information on Carolyn's whereabouts. And then, a bombshell. A customer at Omar's Lounge said he saw Dan Killaby with Carolyn in the parking lot on the night she disappeared. Four-year-old Carolyn Killaby didn't return home after spending a night drinking at a local bar. Her husband, Dan, was an immediate suspect. Prosecutor David Seeley says there's an old saying in missing persons cases, before you look at outlaws, you have to look at the in-laws. One of the things they look at to begin with is a husband. Um, in a, in a missing person case like this because I think a large percentage of the crimes are committed by family members. Police found no evidence of foul play in the Killaby home. But in Carolyn's bedroom, they found some potent painkillers, Vicotin. My sister was having some problems with prescription drug medication and I had confronted her and talked to her about that. She had acknowledged the problem and was working on that. We were, the whole family was being supportive of that. My understanding of the mixture of alcohol and Vicodin is it makes you comatose, uh, and that's exactly what happened to Carolyn when she was in the bar. Witnesses at Omar's Lounge say that Carolyn passed out at her table. One of the regular customers, Dennis Smith, helped her to her car. What Smith told police was disturbing. He said that he and Carolyn left the bar and engaged in consensual sex in his truck. As he walked her to her car, a man approached them, hit Smith with a bat, called Carolyn a bitch, and forced her to leave with him. When shown a photographic lineup, Smith identified Carolyn's husband, Dan, as the culprit. Dan Killaby angrily denied this. He offered to take a lie detector test and passed. 
Dan Killaby said he and his brother were out drinking together that night in a bar, which the bartender there confirmed. When police looked closer into Dennis Smith's background, they discovered that Smith had been convicted for the murder of his sister, Patricia Ann Johnson, in 1982. Smith served 10 years of that sentence and had recently been released on parole. And the witness told police that she saw mud on Smith's truck on the night Carolyn disappeared. He came to a shell station in Clark County. His truck was all dirty. He asked the uh, attendant there, who was a friend, uh, whether or not he could go to her parents' house and wash his car. The employee also thought she saw a blood smear on Smith's shirt. With this new information, Smith's truck was confiscated, and police noticed that the inside of the truck had been wiped clean. No fingerprints, hairs, or fibers, even though Smith said Carolyn had been in the truck for consensual sex. Investigators did find a tiny speck of blood on the steering wheel. And there was evidence of a recent fire. Smith said a cigarette butt accidentally ignited the upholstery. An alert homicide investigator also confiscated Smith's wristwatch. In the forensics lab, scientists found a tiny speck of what appeared to be blood in the crevice of the wristband. Tests indicated it was human. But whose was it? Since we get half of our DNA from our mother and half from our father, scientists could identify whether it was Carolyn's blood in the truck by analyzing DNA samples from Carolyn's parents. But Carolyn's mother delivered some shocking news. Despite raising Carolyn as his own, the man Carolyn called dad wasn't her biological father, a fact withheld from Carolyn during her upbringing. Carolyn's biological father had died years earlier. This made the bloodstain analysis much more difficult. We didn't have any solid DNA. We didn't have a, a piece of skin or a blood sample from her, from her body that we could compare to the bloodstain. So we are a little up in the air about what to do. Without a body, scientists would have to improvise. When Dennis Smith learned that he was a suspect in Carolyn Killaby's disappearance, he fled, and a nationwide manhunt was underway. We didn't know who she'd left with. We had the thought that maybe she was in a hotel and angry. And then we found out that she had been seen leaving with this guy, Dennis, and so we didn't know what that meant. And then we found out that he was a murderer that had been out on parole, and so that took away some hope. While the FBI searched for Smith, Forensic scientists analyzed his truck. Arson experts discovered hydrocarbons on the upholstery of Smith's truck. Hydrocarbons are present when an accelerant or flammable liquid is used to start a fire. A clue that the fire was intentionally set. The damage was extensive, and Smith's story didn't match the evidence. We got a similar car seat. Uh, we tried to recreate the fire in three or four different ways. 
and each time we couldn't come up with that type of damage that we saw in his car. In a small crack in the steering wheel, a phenol phthalene test identified a tiny stain as blood. And on Dennis Smith's wristband, scientists found another speck of blood. But without Carolyn's body, scientists had no DNA sample for comparison. So detectives searched for a sample of Carolyn's DNA, and they found it in Alaska. Ten years earlier, Carolyn mailed a letter to her girlfriend in Alaska, and her friend had never thrown it away. On the envelope flap and stamps was Carolyn's saliva, still a rich source of DNA even after ten years. The samples were too badly degraded for traditional DNA testing, so scientists used a newer and less exact DNA test called mitochondrial DNA. Traditional DNA testing analyzes the nucleus of the cell, but outside the cell nucleus are what are known as mitochondria, cells that can be identified, although not as precisely as in traditional DNA testing. Mitochondrial DNA is inherited from a mother to her children, and therefore if you want to make a match between uh, a sample of evidence from a missing person, as, as was in this case, um, blood stains from someone whose body was not available, you need only go to um, a maternal relative. The DNA from the envelope flap and stamps matched the DNA from the blood found in Smith's truck. And with DNA samples from Carolyn Killaby's mother and daughter, Dr. Melton concluded that the mitochondrial DNA in Dennis Smith's truck was that of Carolyn Killaby. It was a DNA profile that existed in only one out of 200,000 Caucasians. Because there was no body found in this case, and I believe the remains of Miss Killaby are still missing, it was very important to place her uh, in the presence of Mr. Smith. And, of course, a blood stain on his watch band that comes back to her would be very powerful evidence. For over a year, Dennis Smith had been on the run. Then the television series Unsolved Mysteries profiled the case, asking viewers for help in bringing Smith to justice. Four days later, an anonymous tip revealed Smith was living in Florida. The trick now was to find him. I turned to drugs, and my stepdad turned to alcohol, and my sister turned away from all of us, and my whole family just fell apart. Everything that I'd known for 15, almost 16 years in one night was all unraveled. For 15 months, Carolyn's family waited for some word on the search for Dennis Smith. Law enforcement searched all over the country, and an informant said Smith was living in Florida. Police there stopped a vehicle on the suspicion it was stolen. The man driving the car was Dennis Smith. Smith tried to get away, 
There was a fight, and Smith was shot in the scuffle. I was hoping that he was in a lot of pain. <laughs> I wanted him to hurt. I crossed my fingers, though, that he didn't die. Um, as much as I hate him and do not want him in this world, if he were to die, there was really no hope of finding my mom's body or for him having to suffer in prison. Smith survived the gunshot wound and returned to Washington State to stand trial for kidnapping, rape, and the murder of Carolyn Killaby, even though police still hadn't found her body. Smith pleaded not guilty and stood by his story that he was attacked by Carolyn's husband in the parking lot of the bar and that Carolyn left with her husband. The defense reminded the jury that Smith identified Dan Killaby from a photographic lineup. But prosecutors said Smith probably recognized Dan Killaby from television news reports about his wife's disappearance. And it amazed me how the defense always tries to twist the victims into this horrible person when they never did anything to ask for what they got. And they didn't deserve it. Prosecutors believe that Carolyn Killaby was inebriated in Omar's lounge and that Smith offered to drive her home. Somewhere along the way, Smith raped and murdered Carolyn Killaby in the cab of his truck. Her blood spattered onto the steering wheel, Smith's watch, and probably on the upholstery. Prosecutors suspect that Smith buried Carolyn's body somewhere near Larch Mountain. A few hours later, a gas station attendant said she saw a blood stain on Smith's shirt and that his truck was full of mud. Smith attempted to remove the blood inside his truck with detergents. And when he couldn't remove it all from the upholstery, he set it on fire. But he missed a tiny speck of blood on his wristband and a tiny speck of blood on the steering wheel, proof that Carolyn Killaby had been bleeding inside his truck. Some of his friends happened to be uh, nurses. He went into a great detail with his nurse friends about what is DNA, how do you get rid of DNA. I used Pine Sol and Lysol and cl other cleaning agents in my car. Is that going to get rid of DNA? And the nurses said, hey, I, I don't think so. Prosecutors also discovered that when Smith was in prison for killing his sister, he told his cellmate how he would get away with murder the next time. Mr. Smith told an inmate that if he would ever committed another murder, he would dispose of the body by digging a hole, placing the body in it, recovering the hole and planting a tree on top of it so that no one would know that a body is under there. And wherever she is, it's out in most likely a dark, cold place where we can't go and visit her physically, where her remains are. He also told the inmate um, that he would dispose of the other evidence by burning it. The only scientific evidence in this case was the mitochondrial DNA taken from two tiny specks of blood. Dennis Smith was found guilty of aggravated murder and sentenced to life in prison without parole. The Killaby family 
may never recover Carolyn's body for a proper burial, but they've purchased a burial plot with a headstone anyway. For Carolyn's daughter, Gina, not a day goes by when she doesn't think of her mother. She has this beautiful new granddaughter that she never got the chance to meet and be a grandmother to. But that her granddaughter, her granddaughter will always know who she is and that she will always be a part of this family and that we love her and miss her very, very much. Mm-hmm.